If you have your Bible, close it. Close your Bible, okay? We're going to recite together the very first line in the Bible, okay? Close your Bible because you know this line. You know it, right? I don't know that you ever intentionally set out to memorize this line, but Genesis 1-1, you know it. It's right here. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's part of you. It's in your blood. You know this verse, okay? We're going to say it together. You ready? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We do know that verse. Amen. That's not in there, but that's a great addition. I love that, Shelly. Let's say it one more time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. Now say this with me. Wow. Say that. Wow. Think about that for a second. We don't spend enough time on this verse, but this is how the Bible introduces us to God. You know, you go to the Bible to figure out who God is. You want to learn about God. What's God all about? What is God doing? What has he done? What does God expect out of me? What am I supposed to do? And this is the introduction. This is the very first sentence on the very first page. This is how you and I are introduced to God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Before God created the heavens and the earth, there was no creation. There was nothingness. It's empty, void, darkness, chaos. Formless and empty, or formless and void. The two words there in the Hebrew, they're kind of fun. Tohu and bohu. That's, those are the Hebrew words for formless and void. But, but this, is, this is what's going on. There's no life. There's no shape. There's no nothing. But God's Spirit is near. God's Spirit is hovering. God's Spirit is moving. God's Spirit is hovering over the darkness and the emptiness. And God looks into this formless void. God looks into the lifeless deep. And He creates. God breathes. God speaks. Let there be light. And there was brilliant light. Let there be skies and seas and dry ground. And there were oceans and continents and tropical islands and vast deserts and lakes and plants and trees. God says, let there be lights in the sky. And there were suns and moons and galaxies and billions and billions of stars and morning and night and months and years and spring and summer and fall and winter. And God then created life. Life in the waters, life in the skies, great varieties of birds to fill the air, amazing kinds of fish to fill the seas and the rivers and the lakes. And then God created the animals, wild animals and livestock, creeping things, beasts and cattle, little bugs and giant hippos 
amphibians and mammals and those weird monkeys that look like Jimmy Durante. You know what I'm talking about? God created all of this and he says, it's good. It is good. All of it. Every bit of it. And we know it's good. Right? We know it's good. Why does the Grand Canyon take your breath away? Why do people weep at Niagara Falls? Why do little children squeal with joy when they're chasing a butterfly or a lightning bug? Why do you put pictures of snow-capped mountains on your laptop? Why do we brag about our sunsets in West Texas? Because we know it's so good. It's all so good. But it is nothing compared to what comes next. All of that is just a warm-up for the main event. All the goodness and the greatness of the first five and a half days of creation. It's nothing compared to the greatness and the goodness of when God creates people. When God created men and women, he blew the top off the whole thing. God creates men and women from the earth, right? From the dirt. And he makes us in his own image. God's holy image. And he breathes into men and women the breath of eternal life. His own holy breath. His Holy Spirit. If you want to look at the apex of God's creation, if you want to look at God's masterpiece, you look at people. You look at men and women and children. Look around this room, okay? Do that real quick. Look around. It's us. Are you looking at each other? Look at each other. It's hard to believe that this is as good as it gets, right? We're the very best of God's creation. We're at the top of the list of what he calls really good. And we say all the time, you know, we say things like, man, I just, I really sense God when I'm in his creation. I really feel close to God in his creation. I really appreciate God's creation. I want to spend more time out in God's creation. We're usually thinking about a day in the mountains more than we're thinking about a day with the in-laws. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, honestly, when we say we want to be with God's creation, we're thinking about a day at the lake and not necessarily spending more time with the people at work. Or the people at church. But the way God's creation is revealed to us in Genesis 1 and 2. You and I are the very best part. We are the very good of God's creation. And then the highlight of God's creation. The men and the women. They are placed in the garden. It says it twice. They're put in the garden. So they're made by God in God's holy image. And then God gives them, God gives us, God-like jobs and God-like responsibilities. Let them rule over the earth. Let them subdue the earth and take charge of it. Work it. Steward it. Take care of it. Work this place. Very good, God says. Very good. All of us are put in a place by God to work. We all have something useful and good to do. We are participating in God's good creation under God's good direction. We're not outsiders to this place, this earth, right? We are made of the same stuff as this earth. And we were placed here on this earth by God. This is not an alien 
place to us. We belong here. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Brothers and sisters, the truth of Genesis 1 and 2 is that our God is the creator. God is the initiator. God is the power, and all of it is good. God said, God made, God created, God blessed, God gave, God formed, God breathed, God placed, God called. Over and over again, you've got this rhythm, you've got this cadence, right? There's purpose here, there, there's control here. Where there was darkness, God creates light. Where there was emptiness, God fills it with His grace. Where there was chaos, God brings His divine order. Where there was no life, God breathes His holy breath of eternal life. And it's all very good. But maybe things don't seem very good. In your life, right now, in your circumstance, today, maybe things don't seem very good. I wonder if your life or your place where God has put you doesn't feel very good. I wonder if your life right now maybe feels formless and empty. Is there a void or a darkness in your life? Does chaos reign instead of calm? Is there a pain in your soul? Is there a bitterness in your heart? How much disappointment's in there? How much hurt? How much sin? And may, maybe you pray, God, create in me something new. Make in me something beautiful. God, bring order to my life. God, create in me your holy image and your Holy Spirit. Well, God's Spirit is near. God's Holy Spirit is hovering over your darkness, over your despair, over your emptiness. God's Holy Spirit is moving. The word create is used six times in Genesis 1 and 2. It is used 17 times in Isaiah. In Isaiah, God's prophet is speaking to God's people, and they are all living in a very dark and very dreadful and, and uh, a place full of despair. This is 500 years before Jesus, okay? And because of their sin, they've been separated from the place where God's put them. They've been scattered. They, they've been driven away by the Babylonian Empire. And so they're, they're living in exile and they're living in a foreign land, right? But God promises them that because He created them and because He saved them and because He loves them, He's going to create something new in them and for them. In Isaiah 40, verse 12 says, He who has 
or I'm sorry, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breadth of his hand has marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by the Lord. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. The Spirit of God who hovered over the deep darkness in the beginning, church, He continues to move. He continues to create. Genesis 1 and 2 is not just telling us how the world began, okay? Genesis 1 and 2 is not just an origin story, so we know, we know how the sun was made and how the elephant got his name, okay? This identifies our God as the Creator. And it is a testimony to the ongoing creation work of God's Spirit in our world right now today. Isaiah 41, the poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive, I will set pines in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together so that people may see and know, so that people may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. Do you hear the creation language in Isaiah? Do you hear the Lord talking in creation terms to His people who need Him to act? His people who need Him to move. Church, the word create is not something God did for one week, one time, a long time ago. The word create is what God does right now, today, for his saved and called people. Amen. Where are y'all? Are y'all with me? This is good news. Do you understand how good this is? Okay. The world doesn't believe that God is still creating today. We do. Don't we believe that? Okay, I'm going to make y'all stand up if you don't get with it, okay? Seriously. This is about the grading. I will. Don't push me, brother. I will. This is some of the best news that's been preached in this church over the last two years, I'm telling you. The men and the women that God has placed on this earth and given life and purpose us today, God is creating in us still. God is creating very good things in us and for us still, for me, for you, still. 
chapter 42. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out. Who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it. You hear him referring to heavens and earth? Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. To open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, but new things I now declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Listen, God's people felt so, so unformed and so unfit and so uncreated while they were in captivity. They felt so empty and dark and so unfit for where they were and for what was happening around them and to them. Everything was foreign to who they thought they were and, and to where they thought they were. Everything felt bad. Everything felt lost. Everything felt like it was over. And Isaiah brings every detail of the Genesis creation stories right into the present, right into their lives today. God is reminding his people, hey, I'm the creator. I make new things where there's nothing. I shine light into darkness. I bring life to where there's not any. Isaiah 43, my sons, my daughters, he says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Do you hear the Genesis language? I am the Lord, your holy one. Israel's creator, your king. Church, this is creation language from Genesis. I made you. I created you. I formed you. You don't think I can do it again? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he can. Isaiah 44, remember these things. For you are my servant. I have made you. You are my servant. I will not forget you. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Sing for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, O earth beneath. There it is again, heavens and earth. Burst into song, you mountains, you forests, and all your trees, for the Lord has redeemed Jacob. He displays his glory in Israel. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer who formed you in the womb... I am the Lord. I made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens and spread out the earth by myself. Listen, nothing Israel could do was going to change their situation. They're, they're just standing there. They're, they're empty-handed. They're confused. They're disoriented. It's dark. They're dead. They're helpless. They are hopeless. The only hope God's people have is that God does something that nobody else but him can do. Create. Create. Isaiah 65. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. And maybe we pray, God... 
creates something new in us. Breathe something new in us. Make in us your image and your Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is near. God's Spirit is hovering over our darkness, over our despair, over our doubts, and over our sins. God's Spirit is moving. Luke tells us that God's Spirit was hovering near Mary. An angel appeared to Mary and told her she was going to have a baby and his name would be Jesus, which means God saves. And I'm sure it's very awkward to have to remind one of God's angels about the birds and the bees. But she does. She says it. How's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. The angel answered, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. God creates brand new life where there wasn't any. Just like He did with Abraham and Sarah. Just like He did with Boaz and Ruth. Just like He did with Samson's mom and, and Hannah with Samuel. Just like He did with John the Baptist's parents. God creates possibility where there is hopelessness, where there are only dead ends. Our God creates a present and a future. So Jesus is born in a manger in Bethlehem, and God in Christ takes on our human flesh and blood. He is not the Lord of some spiritual netherworld that's alien to us. He is not the Lord of some spiritual other world that we can never reach. He is not the Lord of the skies or the Lord of the heavens. Jesus is Lord of and with his creation. Do you see the, the, the importance of this? That Jesus is the personal name of a real skin and bones person. And Jesus lived, and he laughed, and he cried, and he loved, and he ate, and he drank, and he worked in a real, dateable time and place. He lived in a real place with mountains you can still climb today, and cities you can still visit today, and water you can still swim in today. This is our Lord Jesus. God in Christ becomes part of his creation. He participates with his creation. And that shouldn't surprise us. Because Jesus was always with his creation. Jesus was there from the very beginning. In the beginning, he was there. Colossians 1. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. Listen to this. He is the beginning. Don't you love that? The first word in the Bible, beginning. He is the beginning. Jesus. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Do you hear the creation language? Heaven and earth, right? All of it by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. 
Once you were alienated from God and were enemies because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. Amen. Colossians 1 is saying all things were created by Christ, in Christ, and for Christ. In other words, Jesus Christ fulfills every possible meaning of the first word in the Bible. Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Church, Jesus Christ always was, always, always is, and always will be. He is. That's our Lord. He was there in the very beginning of creation. He's the agent of God's creation. And he's the divine glue that holds all of creation together. Listen, God didn't just create the world and hit the start button. And now he's kind of backed off and he only watches from a distance and he only gets involved when he wants to. God, through Jesus Christ, personally and enthusiastically sustains everything that's happening in creation. That word hold together in verse 17, it probably means more than just glue. Okay, I said glue. Jesus Christ is more than just the force that keeps everything spinning and keeps you and me upright on the ground, okay? Jesus Christ is the very meaning of creation. He is the rationale. He is the rhyme. He is the reason for creation. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfillment for every good thing God always intended for his creation. Verse 21, you were alienated from God. You were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he's reconciled you. This is the gospel, Paul says. The creator of the universe, the, the creator of all things that have ever existed. The one who spoke and breathed into being everything that is. The one who created you. The one who created me. He is also the crucified and resurrected Lord. God in Christ formed you. God in Christ shaped his creation in wonder and beauty and awe. And then God through Christ entered his magnificent creation to redeem it. To reconcile it. To restore it to its original condition. When the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ was hung on the cross... The whole world went dark again. All the darkness and emptiness and loss and chaos that all the evils of the universe could muster up together, all of that came together to kill the image of God. But then our God looked into the deep darkness of the cross. Our God looked into the lifeless void of the grave. And he created everything all over again. All that darkness, all that emptiness, all that loss, all that turmoil and sin and death and Satan, it was once and forever destroyed by the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He has created everything all over again. And it's brand new. And it's exciting. And it is very good for all of creation and for me. And for you, for all of us, Jesus says, because I live, you will live. 
If you are in Christ, there is new creation. This is what Josh read to us while we were eating and drinking the meal together from 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, there is new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God's beautiful design and purpose for creation began with Jesus. And his plan for the redemption of all creation, it runs through Jesus. What Jesus did at the cross shows us what God will do to bring his new creation to every man, woman, and child on this planet. The same creative love and power that triumphed on the cross in Christ is the same love and power that created and sustains this whole world. The same Jesus who created you is redeeming you. Your life, your destiny, your future is not determined by fate or by fluke or by chance, but by our loving and gracious Father. The earth is not some random accident in the huge chemistry lab of the universe. But we cannot understand creation or God's purposes for creation apart from Christ. If heaven and earth and everything in it was created by Christ and exists for Christ, then it's never meaningless. It's never without direction. It's never beyond the reach of God's Holy Spirit. It's never out of the range of God's holy possibility. It's never past God's capacity to create. And I wonder this morning, I wonder if your life right now feels empty or void or dark or formless. Is there a darkness in your life today? Is there chaos in your life today instead of peace? Is there any pain in your soul? How much disappointment is in there? How much hurt? How much sin? Listen, hear this. God's Holy Spirit is hovering. God's Holy Spirit is near. He is moving over your darkness, over that despair. He is hovering over your formlessness and your void and your emptiness. He's moving. He is moving. And maybe you pray out loud. Maybe you pray through tears. God created me. And he says, I can. God, breathe into me. And God says, I can. God, create in me. 
Make something new, God, in me. And God says, I will. God, breathe into me. Create in me new life. God, shine your light into my darkness. Bring your eternal life where I feel dead. God, create in me your holy image and your Holy Spirit. And God, through Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come, says, Behold, I'm making everything new. Stand with me, church. Let's pray together. Father, we acknowledge you in the name of your Son and our risen and coming Lord Jesus. You are the creator. There is no dead end that contains you. There is no death in our lives or in this world that boxes you in or that confuses you or paralyzes you. God, you are the creator. You bring life to the dead and you call things that are not as though they are. And Father, we, we believe in you. Our hope, that's where our hope is. And there are a bunch of us in this room this morning who are starving, dying, desperate for new creation. Father, listen, God, in Jesus' name, there are people in this room who feel stuck, who feel like the doors are closed. Please, God, show them that they're not. Please, God, do that new creation thing. Do it in the lives of my brothers and sisters in this room. Do it in the life of this church. God, do it in the city of Midland. Recreate for us, God, to your glory and to your praise. In Jesus' name, everybody says together, amen. <laughs>